It was difficult to access art without playing the politics. It was difficult to access art without, you know, traveling to those fairs, you know, and all these things that made the, that world so much more difficult to operate in. All of this has kind of just opened up. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast. Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors, and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Matt Medved, and we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture. Welcome to the show. Matt, what's happening, man? How are you feeling? I'm doing great, Sam. You know, another day in the NFT space. I feel like my head's moving a mile a minute. Can't complain. There you go. Who we got lined up? We have Ronnie Piravino, you know, super respected art collector, curator, appraiser. You know, he was the one who partnered with Christie's on that trespassing exhibit and auction that was featured there, uh, featuring some some contemporary artists alongside some, some NFT native artists. He's also known for having one of the biggest cause collections in the world, which has been featured at places from Christie's to ComplexCon. What are you excited about, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I, I love this. Uh, I love this conversation. I think he's very experienced in the the art world, and even even though he studied art history in Northwestern, is definitely uh, like curated ex- exhibitions at Christie's. He's not necessarily conditioned by how the traditional art world moves, even through his collections with Cause and the the whole ethos of the trespassing exhibit, which is how there's kind of what's the the new generation of art, be it Cause, Murakami, Banksy or be it NFTs, all of which he had in his trespassing exhibit. So I think he brings a, a, some incredibly valuable perspective, having seen how artists have, have gone from kind of emerging artists up to the forefront in the traditional art world, and then also what's in store for, for NFTs. And, and I think too, I have to say, I was like so inspired seeing the trespassing exhibit at Christie's, just seeing Cause and Murakami next to Fuck Render and Victor Mascara, right? Like it, it just... Fascinating to see the convergence of cultures that's happening. I think he also, um, as the chief curator at Legend Art, you can check out their website, lgnd.art. They're partnering and curating an exhibit at the upcoming ComplexCon, right? And ComplexCon is obviously a big cultural moment in in the kind of culture that that touches. So I think very excited to see what's in store there. Grateful he was able to share a little bit about what's coming up in this episode. But I think he's got tons of great perspective as to, to what drives meaningful growth and prosperity in this space and what the future really has in store for, for artists, collectors, communities, the, the whole nine. So I'm really grateful to have had Ronnie on. If you haven't already, want to encourage you guys to sign up for our newsletter. Every week we simplify the NFT market into actual insights and takeaways for you. So that's just uh, nftnow.com. But without any further ado, Ronnie Piravino. Ronnie, what's happening, man? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I appreciate it very much. Uh, great day in Denver. You know, I just moved here. I'm, I'm loving it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, you know, kind of closing out this year really strong. Yeah, love that for sure. In, the, in that vein, I, I'm curious, Ronnie, because I, I know you weren't kind of, you, you did study art history back in the day at, at Northwestern, and then you kind of went more in the, the digital media and digital advertising route, and then um, have really since then kind of turned art into not just a hobby, but into very much a, a full-time thing. Can you talk a little bit through your journey of getting into the, the art world, and then from even within the art world into NFTs? Absolutely. So um, my experience at Northwestern was actually really interesting because it was at at a time when the internet was really beginning. It's it's really at the time, you know, in the in the late 90s when everything was was new online, um, was 
this, you know, the online experience was this new opportunity to communicate and to network. And, and so that was always fascinating for me and, and my degrees in communications. So I was always interested in graphic design and art and advertising and marketing. And so as my career unfolded, uh, I was, I was really kind of taking a path into advertising and advertising to me in a lot of ways is an incredible training ground for art because you have to understand psychology and you have to understand how, how things are appealing to people and how images really work. That experience really informed my path into art because I, I got into collecting art and collecting art as opposed to any other facet in the art game, collecting art is, is something that um, forces you to develop very quickly because you're spending money and you are literally, um, you know, putting yourself on the line when you're buying things that hopefully will, will appreciate in value. That isn't necessarily the goal, but once you start to put certain amount of money into the collecting pursuit, um, it does become relevant and, and, and it really becomes a concern. So my experience in collecting really spanned into over a decade and I was really uh, focused in on cause. So what is really interesting about my experience is that um, as I was on the message boards in the early 2000s and really learning about collecting and really learning about what what this burgeoning scene was that that involved cause and Banksy and other artists that were really doing things that were different than than what we'd seen in the traditional gallery space. Uh, this this was really exciting to me, and and I learned a lot. And I decided early on to focus in on cause as as my primary sort of subject to collect, so to speak. I was never really interested in in who cause was per se, um, and but that's a different story. Um, I was I was really really uh, completely enamored by the work, you know. And 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 coming from advertising, it it hit me immediately because his primary thesis at the time was really disrupting advertising, disrupting the images that brands were were putting out there, and and. Uh, and this was again really fascinating to me. And so, when I saw the toys, I really, I really kind of fell head over heels, you know. And and through the next number of years, really up until really from the early two thousands till around twenty fifteen or so, I had a very, very singular focus on cause, and I was able to to build a collection to really create a collection for myself that no one has been able to match. And I don't think that it'll ever, it'll ever exist in the way that it did at, 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 that, at that time. In fact, it's funny because there is a set of photos on Hypebeast from my collection that we took in July of 2011 that still today, you know, blow people's minds, you know, and, and they still float out there and I still get people asking me, do you still live in this loft? And I was like, nah, that was before my kids. 
you know, that was, you know, that was, that was another stage, you know, I had, but I had, I did have the opportunity, you know, to really present it all together. And, and really after, after I had kind of taken that pursuit to almost the maximum degree that I could, I decided that it, it was time for a change, that it was time to challenge myself in a whole new way, because to a degree, the way that cause rose and the way that I was so singularly focused on, on his work, it was such a symbiosis. And then like, it was wild how like I had been like this kind of evangelist for his work, but then um, I decided that, that I needed to, to take my collection in a new direction that was much more personal, that was much more of a complex statement that would be much more of a narrative as opposed to kind of like a display of one artist's work per se. And so around 2015, I redirected um, my collection and that's pretty much around the time when I jumped into art full-time and I left my, my career in advertising. And since around 2015, I've really been focused on, on projects in art and, and projects that have not been necessarily planned. I kind of have the ability to sit and think about things that I really am interested in, want to do, and aim for that, and and move in that direction. And and really, when NFTs really emerged um, last year, it was it was at the most really opportune time because I was. I was sitting there thinking, where is art going? You know, during the pandemic, where, where, where is all this going to lead us? What kind of work is going to be produced by artists during this time? Where is art going? And so when the NFT became this medium that, that really took a hold of the culture, I mean, even SNL has had you know, their digital shorts addressing NFTs. And, and so you have to think that, that this medium has made an incredible impact on our culture. It really has, has almost given me um, a new life, a new, a new direction, a new, a new purpose. Because art, to me, is, is ultimately creative expression. And it doesn't matter what medium, it doesn't matter the materials, the concept, the ideas, the images, the, the expression, the feeling, that's what matters. And so I see NFTs as advancing everything forward in so many different ways, including unlocking the ability for an artist to truly have a conversation with the collector in so many dynamic ways that it's, it's truly revolutionary and spectacular because I think artists to a great degree have had a, a relationship with their audience that, that has never been facilitated in, in a communication, in a dialogue, in a, in a, um, in a way that, that the work is almost informed by the communication itself and the response that the artist is getting and so on and so forth. So NFTs to me, I think are just the most exciting uh, medium, the mo- they have ushered in the most exciting moment, and I think that this this is really um, 
a special time because art is no longer really being tightly gripped by a certain group of people. It is, it is now a global community. NFTs have made art accessible to so many more people. And, and this is important because art needs to, to convert people who are simply interested to really collecting it and appreciating it. And, and art needs custodians. Art needs collectors. Art needs to, to continue to grow um, in, in, in all sorts of ways. And NFTs have truly provided this new path. And it's a new path for me as well. And I, I could not agree more, especially, you know, it really resonates. You're talking about finding a newfound passion and, and new energy and excitement around this. I, I feel that myself. I know Sam feels the same. You know, I, I love how you describe when, when being an early supporter of cause and, and describing what he did as disruption, because it really is. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, you had a really interesting perspective into his rise, being there from the beginning and, and seeing all that. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about sort of how he went from being a bit of an outsider in the art world to being at the forefront and what, you know, artists in the NFT space could learn from his example, because disruption is what's happening on that, on, on, on this, you know, front as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, cause what, what he did masterfully. And I believe he's, he's, I believe he's a genius. I, I, you know, I love his work, although I don't collect it like I, like I once did. However, I remain ultimately reverent and ultimately, uh, you know, appreciative of how his work fits into my personal journey into art. Cause came at, at a moment when the internet was really kindling. He came at a moment when, when art started to be shared on the internet and people started to talk about it on the internet. All of these things had not happened before. So Cause grew so quickly because he was one of the early examples of work that traveled quickly and, and very effectively on the internet. His images were, were almost made for the internet. You know, they, they, they look good on a screen. You know, they're colorful. They use iconography that, that everyone is familiar with. So in a way, his work was timed perfectly for deployment on the internet as it grew and as people networked and communicated. And so artists today who are, NFT artists, they have social media. Social media has changed the game. This element of community has changed the game. You, you no longer have this uh, gatekeeping aspect where a gallery is prescribing what is good and what you should pay attention to and ultimately what you should buy. All of that has changed. It is now the community. It is now people that are evidently searching for something and celebrating it and sharing their enthusiasm and are able to, to connect to the work of the artist. I think that, that in terms of an artist looking to cause as a model, well, the model is really taking an independent approach that is not sanctioned by any authority or institution 
Cause used the street and the, and the internet embraced it. And an NFT artist, they can use their social media. They can harness the power that social media has to connect with, with the international marketplace. It's no longer about creating a website and having people go to that website and, and really harnessing that, that attention in that way. It's now so much more collaborative and so much more of a, of a community sort of level of communication where you can use Instagram, you can use Twitter, and, and these communities start to form and funnel and elevate the artists that are the best in the game. And so there isn't, it's almost like, like the world is voting through likes and through, um, you know, the purchasing of, of artwork. And there isn't anyone that is, you know, filtering that. It is a totally organic process. And, and, and for the NFT space, I think that this is ultimately supremely exciting because it is the space itself that is forming its its top artists and it is the space itself that is defining what what the work is that that is important and i think again like we've entered into this kind of democratic phase in art that is uh very necessary because we had gotten into a stage where um you know it was it was it was difficult to access art without certain relationships. It was difficult to access art without playing the politics. It was difficult to access art without, you know, traveling to those fairs, you know, and all these things that made the, that world so much more difficult to operate in. All of this has kind of just opened up. And in the NFT space is... Is, is ultimately going to redefine the mainstream art space. And this is something that I welcome tremendously, but I know, you know, is, is, it's, it, this is also an element that puts a great amount of fear into, into institutions, galleries, all of these, you know, art players who just don't understand what's happening and 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 the change is happening very quickly no for sure and i mean it's very exciting to to be kind of on the front lines of the the change and i think it's very much ladders back to just the, the general ethos of being able to empower artists and unlock a new level of creative expression and, and community and engagement so i think it's a it's all for the, the right cause and i think whenever there's um any anything innovative or that that's pushing there'll, there'll always be the kind of the more traditional powers that be that that are hesitant to adopt it but i think on the, the flip side too it's like we we fortunately are seeing some of these leading auction houses lean into how can they actually adopt and uplift and empower and support this new wave rather than just trying to protect it and, and keep a hard wall and i think um i mean even your exhibit trespassing i think is the the perfect example and i mean having seen it irl it was super amazing i mean seeing kind of like 
Cause and Murakami and Banksy, and then right next to it, seeing um, Matt Dog Jones and and Victor Mascara. Like for me, that that definitely gave off big like it's happening vibes for for NFT adoption. Seeing that some of these people that have been so culturally influential in the the traditional and, and pop art and, and just general art worlds, um, and and seeing NFTs get that that same level of shine right next to it. I'd love for you just to to dive a bit deeper into like the the ethos of trespassing. What what in inspired it? And then how'd you really kind of go about the the, the curation and, and what really was the intention behind this whole collection? I'm glad you asked that. I think that um, trespassing the name itself kind of really communicates the spirit of, of innovation. And the thing is that Christie's, Christie's is, is probably one of the oldest businesses on the planet. You know, they're from, they're, they've been established since the 1700s. Their average, if you believe this, and it is true, if you can believe this, their average client, their average buyer is a senior citizen. They're senior citizens. That's not the future. They need to to quickly evolve to embrace a whole new audience, an audience that is ultimately their future and, and doesn't represent a certain end to their business. This is, this is really something that is very important for them to really embrace what's new and to redirect their business in a, in a very nimble way into, into an arena that, that really represents the future. And people like Noah Davis have been incredible advocates within that institution. Now, trespassing, I, I, um, I had the first version of it happened last year during the height of the pandemic really and and the results were great and so we did it again this year and we'll do and, and the results were great this year again so we're going to do it again next year so trespassing is really a new sort of vehicle within Christie's which is multifaceted in in the way that that it it helps Christie's but also helps the community as well which is there is an element of brand new introduction of work and artists that on the Christie's platform that in fact no one at Christie's may even know before the sale actually takes place. And that's where I come in. I, as a collector, I am very, very in tune with the dynamics of the market. I'm very in tune with artists as they are emerging because I'm I'm interested in forming my collection with the most exciting artists that are working out there. I'm not interested in, in really, you know, just kind of following someone's path, I'm interested in, in leading that path. And so I'm often um, very focused on, on collecting work that is like my early experience with cause really kind of brand new to, to the world, so to speak. And so my collection is really at this point um, consisting of, of really blue chip, well-established artists like, like Anthony Gormley and Rasheed Johnson and Jonas Wood. But I also have artists that are 
ultimately emerging like like some stuff behind me, Daniel Gibson and Jordy Kerwick. And these guys are much, much newer than anyone, you know, that that it, that would be considered established. For instance, these two guys have pretty much never been to auction, but um, they may very well be in the next version of trespassing. Um, if, if, uh, if, if someone is willing to give up that work, I am, I am in my, in my particular path, I tend to keep things for a number of years because I love to sort of live with the work, but then there's others who, who are interested in sort of keeping it moving a lot more quickly and, and trespassing is, is sort of this conduit where um, I'm in touch really with, with how the market is really performing um, and how the interest level is, is rising for certain artists. So um, I'm able to, um, to target certain work um, and ask friends in my network if they're interested in participating. So the curation becomes this sort of like this conversation that um, that takes place between myself, Christie's, and collectors who are um, interested in, in in their collections sort of evolving. You know, they may be moving from from an artist that they've collected in the past couple of years, and all of a sudden they they kind of realize that that they're more interested in in this other subject or artist and and they need to kind of be able to migrate to you know to to this other work and 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 an auction just becomes a a way to to effectively do that and for me to curate a sale it is it is really about assembling works that all kind of have us have a place within that narrative, within that storyline. And so putting in artists like Mad Dog, Fuck Render, Victor, uh, you know, Olive Allen, you know, all these, you know, really great based artists into the sale, Micah Johnson, um, they helped create this tapestry, a tapestry that is woven together. However, it is in the spirit of really innovating and doing something new within a space that is traditional as it comes. You know, Christie's is, is I think, more than anything in the art world, a symbol for tradition. And for me, to have the opportunity to kind of mix up that tradition and like to like come in with a Trojan horse and like introduce new things and, um, and, ha and open their eyes to, to things that, you know, they may not have realized were, were kind of already happening and they are. Um, it's a real pleasure. And it's, you know, it's why we keep working together because it's, it's, it's a great way for me to sort of, convey my expertise and it's a great way for them to 
to bring in new collectors. And so far, the, the, the last two sales that we've had of trespassing have had a tremendous amount of new registrations to their platform and have brought in bidding and bidders that um, you know have never never participated in their platform. And that's ultimately um, a goal that's met for me to bring in, you know, the people that like, you know, follow me and what I'm doing and, and, and want to, to really kind of support this, this effort of like building a community in a certain way that extends beyond, you know, certain boundaries. Um, and it's really exciting, I think, for Christie's to, to, um, to have a project in place that, that the expectation is almost like, well, we don't know what we're going to get exactly. We don't know exactly what's going to happen here. We don't know these artists very well, if at all. It's sort of like, you know, this very exciting kind of um, experiment in a way that, you know, I get to be involved with. And I'm super honored that they have allowed me, you know, to participate in, in this way, you know, and I can tell you that I take it very seriously to push that boundary, to, to bring in new artists, you know, Dot Pigeon was someone that had never had an auction record. Um, in fact, his career is early is 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 in a in a relatively early stage. I love his work. I love what he's doing. I wanted him to consider being a part of trespassing, and and he agreed. His gallery agreed. We presented a, a work that was not secondary. It was a primary work, and and again, this is breaking the rules to a certain degree. But that's 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 the world we're in now. We're not in a in a world where we're bound by all these rules and regulations that are old and outdated. You know, look, let's break new ground. Let's not let's not be shackled by by you know what what has been the tradition. You know why why you know let's push all this forward. And that's really the kind of the the idea i love that i love that and you know it, it looks like you said breaking that down those those barriers and and breaking those rules you know one thing i i often you know find myself saying and, and explain to people kind of the traditional art world is that it's not a question of physical art or digital art or nfts it's always going to be an and they're, they're always going to coexist and i think that like trespassing is a really great example of of you of you bringing those worlds together in a way that that that, that you know makes a lot of sense so um I, i'd love to kind of you know examine a bit you know, what we were talking about, about like kind of breaking some of these rules and breaking down these barriers. You said something really interesting earlier about how as a, as a collector, normally there's, there's uh, you know, uh, artists are not empowered in the traditional art uh, in market usually to, to communicate with you in, in the same way as uh, in the NFT space. And um, I, I'd love to hear sort of your thoughts on, on, uh, on that and, and, and what that sort of, how that, how that sort of enriches the the uh, connection between artists and collectors and then also you know i think talking about you know the lack of of these intermediaries also the fact that there aren't the same gatekeepers in the uh in in the nft space yeah i think it's it's a new day when it comes to how an artist might conceive of their work 
how an artist might imagine their work to be realized. Um, this notion of communication, this notion of a dialogue, this notion of a conversation, this notion of direct contact with, with the collector, it is not for, for everyone, I would say, because I, you know, I think that we are at a stage where all of these artists that are producing work in the NFT space have really evolved with this notion of social communication, social media being an integral part of, of their life. So, so they're not afraid to communicate with anyone. You know, like one of the things that I find is truly fascinating is how artists who operate in the traditional space, I don't want to use the word fearful because it's kind of like very like specific. But there is an element of, let's say, anxiety, perhaps, that that fills an artist um, in 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 sort of the traditional world when it comes to to dealing with communication that that everyone is going to be aware of and and everyone is going to, you know, to be really be able to dissect and so on and so forth. They're not necessarily equipped to deal with like the level of communication that all of this is really founded on, which is very public communication, very, um, <laughs> you know, permanent in many ways, you know, like we've moved beyond the message board days where, um, you know, you could post this like, like just ridiculous message and kind of walk away from it and kind of like no one really like, seeing it and becoming like really fully aware of it and so on and so forth. Now we have Twitter. Now we have, you know, Instagram. Sure. We can delete, but people take screenshots. We, we, we are really in a, in a, in a stage where our communication is, you know, even this right now, we're ultimately in a, in a global platform and we're ultimately now giving access to such a larger number of people than ever before. So it's kind of like, you know, Marshall McLuhan, you know, in the global village, you know, where, you know, you, you, you have to embrace this kind of notion of the global village now being a, a literal component of, of your world and how it interacts with your work and how, you know, you can't be a fucking asshole anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you can't be like this fucking jerk, you know, that like, you know, in, in secret, you know, like, you're just like a horrible person, you know, and like, no one knows about it. And everybody's like, we'll continue to support that work, that person, you know, that is all dissipating, because you have to you have to be, you have to treat people with respect. You have to treat people. Um, you have to, you know, you, if you don't love your collectors, if you don't embrace them, if you don't listen to them, then what the fuck are you doing? Seriously. They provide your stage. They give you your livelihood. They, they celebrate you. And, and this, is, this is important as, as a new concept 
And I think that um, in terms of communication, in terms of that direct, you know, relationship, because the younger artists who are coming up in the NFT space, they see this as an essential component. They see all this as, as something that that is not alien to them or that they should adjust to. They see this as part of the process. And I love that because it keeps them honest. It keeps them in line. You want to create a platform for yourself. You want to harness an audience. You want to build a global stage. Well, you can do it. And it's it's within your power. And people will, will look at you. They will listen to you. They will connect with you. And, and that is not to be taken for granted. It is a responsibility. It is, it is important for an artist to really, I think, ultimately have a relationship. And this is, this is how things have changed. The relationship between an artist and the collector used to be completely disconnected because the gallery was, was the holding power of this relationship. And, and you had to have a relationship with the gallery to, to extend to the artist. Well, no, that's, that's no longer necessary. And it's, it's, it's antiquated, really, because the opportunity for the artist to connect to their audience more directly is, is, is of benefit to the artist because that is ultimately the power that the artist obtains is this relationship to their collectors directly. And so, yes, we are in a new time. And in, in that regard, I, I embrace this, this new process and this new, new, uh, you know, new channels of communication because it's ultimately building relationships and it's building communities and and the purity is that much more potent because of the directness and there isn't someone who's filtering that communication i i'm not going to have the gallery say to me well you know this is a hypothetical but like in the in the kind of the the construct that we might operate in, you know, as a frame of comparison to where we're going, where we are, where we're going. The gallery may never pass on my communication to the artist, even though I have something really interesting to say about their work and how it relates to me and how I have, you know, this reverence over the work and so on and so forth. They may never pass that on. Well, today, the artist can hear that directly from you. And, and, and that makes that that's, that's important for an artist because an artist is often working in a vacuum. You know, an artist is often creating and channeling their voice and they don't know how it's going to be received. They don't know, you know, it's important for the artist to receive that feedback and think, wow, okay, my work my work is important. People are, people are connecting to my work. They're, they're, they love it. And they're like, 
that is important. You know, like it's not just about the money and about buying the art because that's the other incredible aspect to all this is that the level of communication that is now in place, it's, it's no longer a handful of collectors buying that artist's work that, that um, you know, that that artist must take into consideration and must listen to and must, you know, bow down to or whatever. No, no. Now we're dealing with an audience where, you know, there is value in, in someone who just appreciates the work and expressing that and, and, and evangelizing it, you know, throughout the internet. And there is no, there isn't necessarily a monetary component to it. It's literally enthusiasm. It's literally, I love this work. I'm going to tell everybody about it. And that's it. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. Art needs that. Art needs to have people who are not, you know, necessarily financially invested to carry on, you know, a level of enthusiasm and a level of, of, of passion for, for art. They might not be able to, you know, to participate financially at the moment. But if you have those people kindle their interest, one day in the future, they will. They will be buying the work. And, and that's, that's ultimately, you know, extremely crucial to all of this. You know, the, the galleries who have prioritized the way that they distribute work, the galleries who have, you know, politicized the process, who have made it ultimately extremely difficult to even enter into collecting work that you're interested in, well, now there's an alternative, <laughs> a tremendous alternative. And this alternative is impacting, you know, the traditional space. And again, like, you know, the gates are open, you know, this is not, you know, this is not going in another direction. The direction that it's going in is what we're talking about right now. Yeah, no, 1000%. I mean, it's incredibly exciting. And I think I love how you were able to highlight a lot of the the, the ways in which this just creates a, a better experience that uplifts creativity as a whole. I mean, even one thing that has inspired me a lot too is like um, speaking with with artists like a, a, a Jay and Silva, who's a photographer that used to have to do tons of client work. Um, but now that he has a mechanism to actually earn and provide his own livelihood just by creating and expressing himself creatively and not necessarily have to like package up and sell himself as a service to a client, like it now unleashes just a new level of like creativity and it becomes a very fun element of this whole innovation. He's able to really express himself and for his voice, his independent, his unique voice to really be represented, not shaped, not creatively directed, not, not formed into a box that it needs to fit into, you know, and that's again, like, really it's almost a renaissance that we're talking about you know and and that's not a word that should be thrown around lightly but really i think that a renaissance is appropriate to to you know to really label the the moment we're in yeah no i mean it's still uh no really fascinating to think about it from that perspective and, and totally agree i mean it's a massive title shift and as far as how it's uplifting and empowering a whole new generation of, of artists and collectors and in that in that vein of kind of like 
broader level empowerment. I mean, you were speaking to the fact that like the, the average buyer at some of the, uh, at like a Christie's is a senior citizen and how it's kind of ta- tapping into a, a younger um, audience. Um, I mean, I know you got something coming up at, at ComplexCon and I think ComplexCon is really interesting too, because um, like uh, part of our mission here at NFT now is to foster mainstream adoption around NFT. So we kind of looked at like the innovation diffusion graph, early adopters, early majority, and like one of the early adopter segments that I think still is relatively in its in its early stages with regards to adoption with NFTs is this kind of like hype beast collector chasing down the, the off-white drops, sneakers. And I mean, that's that's what ComplexCon is, is made of as a, as a happy participant who's gone to past ones. Um, I, I think it'll be really interesting once we see that kind of customer segment or vertical really start to lean in and, and adopt this. And I think uh, the, the fact that you've got something coming up there, I think is just very well suited to a, a lot of just the evolution we're seeing in this market. Can you speak to to what is coming and, and how you do think about adoption in these different verticals? 100%, 100%. So, so ComplexCon, I've participated in, in, in their event uh, several times in, in different ways, uh, curating various experiences. This year, um, I am curating uh, alongside Legend, which is the platform that I'm chief curator for that is actually an NFT art-focused platform. Um, We have been asked by ComplexCon to present 10 works in, in a just spectacular gallery that will be, uh, uh, a, you know, an activation at ComplexCon. And we will, we will endeavor to really um, take advantage of this incredible level of interest um, and present the very best to an audience that I think will, will see what it is that, that is the true quality in, in this work and, and really kind of convert a lot of sort of, you know, curious folks into, into NFT collectors. So legend will, will do several things that will essentially introduce the complex con attendees to NFTs in ultimately the most tangible way. We will give them a free NFT and there will be other facets that are surprises that involve one of the very top um, NFT artists who will be providing a work uh, in a certain capacity that I think will be very, 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 very exciting for the VIP attendees. And so these facets of presentation, these facets of using this venue, the, um, the platform that Legend is, which is essentially a highly curated, eco-friendly platform that started on the Wax blockchain, but now we have a bridge to Ethereum to really just address where the market is, really. Um, Ethereum being such an important factor in, in NFTs. However, you know, our background, our kind of origin is in the Wax blockchain, which is um, an alternative blockchain that is actually extremely uh, eco-friendly and has been um, uh, a, a blockchain of choice for, for the artists that we've worked with up until this point. And now the artists will have the, the, um, the option to mint on Wax or Ethereum, which is, I think, 
empowering the artist to have that choice. Um, we have the opportunity to further educate. We have the opportunity to further evangelize this field and and the receptive audience that is complex con they're looking for what's new they want what's next they want to know where things are going it's a fusion of art fashion and music and and i love that forum because these communities ultimately overlap and it's not about pinpointing it's about including and so this very inclusive community that really complex con has you know assembled and really kind of sits in this kind of overlapping space i think it's a perfect you know a perfect uh platform for expanding the the knowledge base of 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 nfts to really open people's eyes, to give them an experience to essentially uh, take away, you know, this sort of technical, um, this, this kind of technical edge that NFTs still have to, to kind of demystify the, the process of collecting NFTs, what they are, you know, so that it's, it's going to be a really great opportunity for us to, to connect with it, with these overlapping communities and to educate and to really kind of supercharge in a way the, um, the interest level that is already there and expose the community that will be there, potentially 10,000 attendees to work that is at the cutting edge, you know, the most, the best artists, the, the, the most compelling examples of, of the work and the level of quality that, that this arena is, is providing. And, and we need that because, um, you know, the crypto community has been extraordinary in, in building this this field in in celebrating it and amplifying it in 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 making it something that everyone should pay attention to now we need more folks outside of the crypto community to start to realize what all this is and to grow to grow far beyond you know the crypto enthusiast you know into you know the art collector you know, and into other communities, you know, that that are related, you know, NFTs are not limited to, to one particular sect, you know, or one particular type of art, you know, we're talking about, you know, um, artists who are now, you know, releasing, or will release NFTs that are innovating music that are innovating movies that are innovating, you know, every facet of popular, you know, fashion, you know, I mean, every, every aspect of, of culture, popular culture, you know, high culture where, you know, you know, haute couture, I mean, everything is, is ultimately um, open to the contribution that an NFT medium can make. And it's really up to your imagination as to where you're going to take this.
And, and, and we want, you know, not only people to appreciate the work, but we want to inspire. We want artists who are attending Complex Con to look at the work and think, where can I take this? How can I build on this? How can I, how can I, you know, channel myself through this and, and take my work into, into another, another stage. And, and that's, that's really, you know, kind of what this opportunity is, is to kind of just really address all of this. That's amazing, man. And, you know, really excited to see everything you just outlined come to life. Um, you know, very grateful that we have someone like you advocating for, uh, you know, for, for NFTs, this nascent space as, as we begin to see more mainstream adoption. Um, it's been a pleasure, pleasure chatting with you and, uh, you know, really looking forward to, to all the initiatives you have in the works. I appreciate that, guys. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's my pleasure to speak with you. As you can tell, I could go on forever. <laughs> so could we. So could we. So. Amazing. Thank well, you, Ronnie. We'll see you soon, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Man, well, that was an incredible episode. I'm, I'm super excited. And I think you even said it to coming towards the, the closing, but just having people like him in the space pushing this forward, like he knows how to float well and is very well respected uh, in multiple industries, be it culture, art, collectors, traditional art world, more more forward thinking, contemporary art worlds, and now the, the NFT world. So really loved his perspectives, man. What'd you think? Yeah, you know, I loved hearing his thoughts about, you know, having seen the rise of cause and, and how an artist like that, really an outsider, um, you know, at the time that he rose, was able to sort of go to the go to the forefront and and bypass some of the the, the normal gatekeepers and and uh, and sort of like hurdles, uh, and to then sort of extrapolate that experience to a, a seismic shift in um, what what this industry landscape looks like. It, it was just a, a really unique perspective, one that we haven't had on the podcast, I, I don't think before, um, and, and so it was really great to to, to give him the, the, the space to share that. Um, I just loved also. Um, you know, hearing his perspective as a collector uh, on how NFTs break down the barriers between artists and and their collector base. Um, you know, it, it's it's something that we hear about a lot in as an abstract concept, but I feel like you know he was able to really give voice to it in a way that uh, resonated with me. Yeah, one thousand percent. Well, uh, grateful for Ronnie, grateful for you, Matt, grateful for everybody listening, tuning in. Um, we'll be back next week, and really uh, appreciate the support. Grateful for you too, Sam. Oh, stop it, man. <laughs>